You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Somewhere out there are the next generation of B2B marketers, and it's likely a good number of them are starting their careers at agencies where they'll work long hours serving demanding clients and, let's be honest, doing a lot of the grunt work of this business. If these young marketers are fortunate enough to work for good leaders and people invested in being mentors and coaches, they'll be at a tremendous advantage when they decide it's time to leave the agency world, as many do, or go on to roles inside or outside of B2B marketing. In this week's episode of B2B Nation, we talked to Pedro Ramos, Executive Director of Performance at OMD EMEA, about leadership in the B2B marketing space and how coaching and mentoring helped him grow his career. We're also going to discuss some of the conversations young marketers will be jumping into as they start their careers, including humanizing B2B marketing, the challenges of leadership in an industry that changes so quickly, and more. Welcome to B2B Nation. Pedro Ramos, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? Yes, of course. I thank you for having me. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Pedro Ramos. I'm the executive director for performance at OMD EMEA. I'm responsible for some of the tech clients that OMD EMEA has uh, in the London office. So let's talk about leadership for a few minutes. Agency life isn't always easy. Uh, you see a lot of young people doing a lot of hard work, a lot of important work. The clients can be demanding and kind of drive everything you do. What makes for effective leadership in that environment? Yeah, so effective leadership, that is like a, a big, strong two words together. So one of the cases, and I think probably the most important, is we are talking on people, young, old, middle-aged, doesn't matter. It, they are people. And for everything, uh, we need to be uh, down to earth with them. So we need to treat them as people, as they are. They are not machines. They are not uh, like someone that ended up the university and knows everything straight away. No, that is not true. So depending obviously on the level, uh, we need to treat them and level up with them as well. So uh, if he's someone young, probably coming out of the university is someone that we need to dedicate more time, that we need to train and teach and uh, probably teach them some of our tricks and tips that, that we learned across the years, because that is the reality is they don't know everything. No one knows everything. No one is a machine. So we cannot expect them to be typing every single day, like emails and Excel formulas and being on the tools every single day, be machines. No, we need to, to be down with them. We need to treat them as a human, take them for a coffee, really be almost as their friends. They spend hours working with us. So probably more time with us than with some of their friends. So we kind of need to level up with them. I think that makes like a good leader is when is someone that treats the team as uh, their friends. All right. We also talk a lot about change on B2B Nation. There's a lot of change in B2B marketing. It seems like it's always changing. There's been a lot of change over the last couple of years as a result of the pandemic. 
What are your thoughts on leading teams through change, whether that's business change or changes in our models of working, like going to a lot of the hybrid work models we see now? Yeah, as you mentioned, change is everywhere. Is obviously the last two years, let's say, uh, they were pretty tough for, for everyone. Uh, it was probably the biggest change that everyone in the world faced uh, in the in the past years. Um, so one of the, the big things in change is, is um, potentially looking at the change with the same eyes that the person that is facing it um, is, is looking because someone is facing it with a more negative thought. Okay, so if you put yourself in uh, his or her position, uh, you will probably understand why that person is is looking at change that way. And if you do that, you can uh, guide them in the right direction, or you can help them to find the answer. It's a little bit about, or a little bit coaching, let's say, uh, coaching mentorship. Uh, so I, I think when someone is facing change, when we are talking about people, obviously, uh, I think we need to apply those those two uh, guidance, like the coaching or the mentorship, uh, depending on on who you are talking to. When is a business? Uh, one of the the big things uh, for business and change in business is that you will always find someone that is more adverse to change than others. So you. Probably and normally, and I'm I'm talking about myself as well. We we tend to go always uh, and be friends of that person th that is always like happy with the change and go with him in the in the way. And we always forget the ones that are a little bit more adverse, and we kind of leave them behind. That is not really what we should do. We should, when the business is facing the change, we potentially need to look at okay, why is this person a little bit more adverse to change? It's because does not have the right skill set. Uh, it's because he's concerned about uh, his, ro his job role. So we need to kind of help those because if you don't get a full team behind you, a full business behind you, when you, you are proposing a change, uh, probably some things will go wrong. And obviously we don't want things to go wrong when we are trying to change for better. One of the interesting thing about the changes of the last couple of years in particular is that when you talk about business change, you were telling me before we hit record, you went, you worked in agency life, you left and went to the client side, you came back to agency life. So you've been through like career change but something like the pandemic was a change that almost nobody was alive to see the last time it happened, right? So it's like everybody's trying to navigate something without that experience of saying, well, you know, the last time this happened, this is how we did it. True. Uh, <clears throat> that is really true. And, and let's think, okay, pandemic is probably a extreme, extreme case of, of change. Uh, but in our daily um, events, let's say, we are always facing a little bit of change. Uh, we change careers, we change cars, we change houses, we change, I don't know, we change clothes, we change everything. So we are always changing and we are always adapting to new things. Um, so 
yeah, change is a, an adaptation as well. And, and through the last year, uh, everyone adapted uh, to new environments, to working from home, to uh, going out with the masks on. Uh, so I think is is everything is an adaptation when it comes to change. And that's why I was mentioning, like, we need to probably guide uh, in, in the someone to adapt to a change that is occurring in the business environment uh, as well as in the in their personal life. You mentioned mentors and coaching a little while ago too, and I wanted to go back to that. I'm assuming you had mentors and coaches as you were getting started yeah. in your career, maybe still do. What do you think are some of the things that you learned from your mentors and your coaches that you now see yourself passing on to people? <laughs> uh yes definitely so i i had coaching definitely so and i had mentors as well probably those mentors that at the time they were like oh no we are not like mentor and mentee but their advice uh gave me like the tools let's say to kind of work in my day-to-day -day. i i recently actually uh, posted in in uh, one of the social networks uh, about it. So I took kind of from three of my previous line managers, I took a little bit of each one of them as like, because they were my mentors, at least at my eyes, they were my mentors. So I took the dedication to the job and the dedication that you need to, um, to give to what you do. Uh, I took the human touch, like, treating people as people and not as machines and as I refer uh, early and I took the tech so the technical skills so to learn that uh, for you to teach someone for you to um, educate a team a business etc you need to know you need to be the person in the room that has the answer or knows how to find the answer uh, with the technical skills for it so I took those like three skills from from my mentors, at least the people at, on, at my eyes. And we were talking about coaching as well. I had some sessions of coaching uh, because one of the things that I, I found like in my daily system at the moment and my network as well um, is when I talk with uh, younger uh, generations with uh, kids that are still in school, uh, university, etc., is that they don't know where to go. And a couple of years ago, probably eight, nine years ago, I was in that state. I, I was not aware to where I wanted to go. Uh, and a little bit of coaching and reading about it and having a family that, that support me on that, on that journey as well, helped me, helped me like find what I truly, truly uh, love to do. So uh, yes, the coaching helped me to, to find a way, let's say. We talked earlier about the number of young people who are in the agency business, and some of them are going to make a career out of marketing. Some aren't. I live in the New York City area. There are former agency folks everywhere, teachers, other marketing-related roles, you name it. What's your advice for people just starting out their careers at an agency? My main advice, I'd say, and I'm like you, I, I do not live in New York, but I live in London and is exactly the same. You always find uh, like people that is ex-agency or ex-creative or ex-media, 
someone that worked in in agency one of the my main advice is to to someone that is starting their career uh, in the agency world at the moment is use the time that you are in the agency environment to learn everything that you uh, are able to learn uh, most of the young generation etc that we find is like uh, they kind of stick with what their managers tell them to to do like if you work in paid search you will learn about paid search but you do not expand your horizons to other channels uh, this, the same with the other channels if you work in programmatic social affiliates etc so you do not expand but when you are in the agency world you have all the resources and a lot of people that know a lot about other things. So my advice to someone that is starting now, like a graduate, an intern, an executive that is starting now is to look around you, learn with the people that are around you because they will have something to teach you, not only technical, but also the soft skills like how to communicate, how to uh, write a pretty good email to a client, etc. If you are in doubt in the agency environment, ask around because someone will be able to help you. Yeah, excellent points. You're not going to get that sort of diversity of roles in a, at a lot of client positions and the diversity of strategies that kind of feeds the diversity of roles. It's, uh, it's something you're probably only going to get. And I think it's going to help you you were talking about how you, you didn't know where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do and exposure to all that stuff. I think for some people, that's going to help them get some direction they might be lacking. Correct. Correct. That's, that's <laughs> completely true. What gets you most excited about the upcoming year? We're coming up to the end of 2021. Uh, the you know, business world has sort of adjusted to the way the last 18 months or so has gone. 2022 is coming. And when you think about it, what about your business is most exciting to you? Yes. So one of the um, one of the things I'd say that probably is getting me more excited about the next year is finally knowing and seeing the businesses looking at uh, what they really need to do to um, get the attention of of their customers. Uh, most of the business in in the past, uh, retail, FMCG, etc., even tech B two B, they were looking to their customers as a number. Like this is not a person. This is a number. Someone with an ID that we want to to track. Uh, what is happening now, and what we see or start seeing and this is something that is really exciting to to find out is that uh, the business are working to people as people like someone that has a behavior uh, that uh, responds to something in a certain way um, and I, I think that is something that is exciting because um, we are finally able to go a little bit outside of our little box of um, going to a platform and putting something live to, okay, before putting these live, before creating this uh, case study to then uh, go live uh, in, uh, in um, an environment and try someone to download it, let's think a little bit about their journey. So how will they find us? 
how will they get to us uh, or how will we track them and what will be the uh, points that will uh, make them uh, click on the download button and give uh, the information, etc. So business are finally thinking uh, a little bit about, about that. So I think that is, that is going to be one of the main uh, points for the next year is how we as marketeers, as media people, uh, help the businesses understand the behavior. And at the same time, uh, connected, let's say, is connected, is how we help the business translate the amount of data that they have, but they are probably unaware of that they have. Because Everyone talks about, oh, yeah, we, the third party cookies are going to hand and this is going to be a nightmare, blah, blah, blah. The reality is that most of the companies have more data available in their databases as first party data than most of the cookie IDs that their website records. So it's another point that I think is, is going to be exciting is like, how can we? as media companies will or media agencies will help the businesses translate the amount of data that they are sitting on and how we help them get their business running. Do you think there's a connection between the data and, and the first point you brought up that people were not looking at buyers as people, they were looking um, at them as some sort of number, right? And is that every now and then it comes up on this podcast and elsewhere that maybe we went a little too far into the data and we lost the human touch and that maybe there's some sort of rebalancing coming or starting. Like you said, it bring, we, talk, we call it here thinking like a buyer, right? Think like your buyer. What are they experiencing? What are they going through? What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, I, I do think that we tend to overcomplicate something that is simple. When we are in a business environment, uh, it happens a lot that we think like, okay, let's complicate it a little bit. Let's add another trait to the audience just to reduce the number of people here. And we tend to look as a clear example, like a B2B um, audience. Uh, let's talk about finance as an example. In our mind, as a marked here or as a normal person probably you look to someone that works in finance and you immediately think okay they read some sort of uh finance magazine or a finance journal something like that like there's a bunch of them in in the in the in the market but we forget the other side is that that person yes it works in finance that's correct but their work is nine to five or whatever, nine to six. And during that time, they are doing their work. So what they do outside of that, that is when they are probably exposed to media, when they are in the social networks, when they are seeing their personal emails, etc. So we often forget that part and we often target the publications as an example that we think they, as someone that works in finance, will read. But when they are outside, and we need to target them when they are outside, because probably they will uh, be more open to see something that we want to show them, 
they are not seeing the financial publications. They are seeing other things. They are seeing TechCrunch. They are seeing, I don't know, uh, other things. They are seeing videos from what Bible or anything else. So yeah, we need to think a little bit as a buyer, as, as, you, as you mentioned. It's like, we do this during our job. Yes, our work time, but what we do outside of it. And that is the part that we probably most often we forget, but we need to, to go there. I think the other thing is a lot of this stuff has become so easy to, oh, let's add this trait or let's add this job title, right? Now it's just like a click of a mouse and yeah. you do it because you can do it and you can do it instantly. And, you know, it used to be a bigger deal. You used to have to think harder about it because it meant a whole bunch of things that are now like automated or just easy to do, right? <laughs> yeah, correct. That's that's definitely it. Is is like that is what I said. Is like is overcomplicating what normally is simple. Uh, if you add a, a trait on on another audience or in an audience, you are reducing your audience. You are shrinking it, and probably you are taking really valuable customers from it because uh, you are just adding something that probably a valuable customer does not do on the, on his day-to-day. So you are just shrinking your audience with that. The question we ask just about everybody who comes to B2B Nation, what is your favorite tool, the one you can't work without? And you pointed out an interesting distinction before when we were talking. There is your favorite tool and there is the tool you can't work without. And so why don't yeah. you go ahead and explain what those are? Okay, so... Definitely not my favorite tool, but it's the one that I cannot live without. And I think everyone that works in this business, that is Excel, definitely. Uh, But I have to say that my favorite tool in the last probably two to three months, uh, it's a tool called Quenza. And Reality is a coaching tool, uh, a coaching platform that you can um, easily have one-to-ones with your teams and send them exercises that are normally exercises that um, the coaches use with when they are doing a session. So I start using that tool with my team as well. Uh, so I send them like a questionnaire and uh, I, I get their answers. And with their answers, I can somehow start guiding them in the right directions. That is, I believe, the first tool that anyone has mentioned on B2B Nation that is directly involved with like managing people and helping people and their performance. So I guess we would expect that from someone with performance in their title. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Pedro Ramos from OMD. Thanks for appearing on B2B Nation. Thank you. Thanks again to Pedro Ramos for joining us. If you found this episode interesting or insightful, be sure to follow B2B Nation on the podcast platform you love the most, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Many thanks to the crew here at Technology Advice, Amy Dunn, Sarah Sanders, KJ Pace, and Emily Whalen, who is leading this podcast into 2022 with a lineup of excellent guests. Rock out to Mnemonics in the Guild, creators of our excellent theme song, and we'll catch you next time on B2B Nation.